Studios. It's time for The Rush with Podcast Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. But Nick talks always with intent. Nick is always intentional. No exceptions. Nick never just ad-libs. Nick, from the day he's been at Alabama, sends messages. And he was sending messages to his donors, I need more money. We, 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 we're going up against those Texas schools, and Alabama's not a rich state. Texas, I think, is the third richest economy in this state. California by a mile, New York, Texas. They got big oil money, and those guys love their college football. And they got big energy money, and those guys love their college football. And they're Longhorns and they're Aggies. And, uh, but Jimbo took it a step further. He went after Nick personally. Boo! Getting salty out here. I'm going to defend Jimbo Fisher. I'm going to defend Jimbo Fisher. Nick's being a hypocrite. Nick said it for a reason. Nick made it personal. Nick went over the line. Nick needs to apologize. There is no proof Texas A&M is buying players. My gut feeling is no proof. Nick needs to apologize. He needs to call Jimbo and apologize. There's the herd with some comments on what's going on. Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher, controversy going on out there. It sounds like Nick, Nick, listen to me. Sounds like Coach Saban walked back uh, some of the aggressive nature of his comments that were Very much. made last night. Um, I'll disagree with what the herd's saying here, though, because Nick Saban does not need to go on a a, a show or whatever, wherever those comments were made to ask his donors for more money. He just goes and asks his donors for more money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's yeah. like he doesn't need to speak in code to Alabama donors uh, by making controversial statements at a at an event. That's not how he does it. He just has them out to the lake house and says, "Here's what we got to do." So uh, yeah. I'm not buying that end of it. Yeah, I do I'm not think either. that he said it all. On, he he doesn't say that stuff without a purpose. Is Texas a wealthier state than the state of Alabama? I mean, yeah, I, Texas is also much larger than the state of Alabama, so you got to factor that in there. But Alabama isn't some poor state, man, especially when it comes to college football. A&M and Texas in 2021 were tied as the most valuable college football program at $147 million. Alabama was fourth at $134 million. So the notion that Bama can't keep up money-wise and – they're just a good college football program in a poor state with not a whole lot of donors. Yeah, that's not even close to being right. If Nick Saban wants it, he'll get it. I, I assure you of that. So I adamantly disagree with the herd that that's what that was all about from Saban last night. Yeah. I think it's exactly what you uh, pointed to. Let's Let's get out there. We'll make some statements. Controversial. Draw a lot of attention to the fact that Texas A&M is the poster boy for the NIL. We'll make him the poster boy, and then we'll go out there and destroy him on the field so everyone can see that it doesn't matter how much you pay for a recruiting class. It's the culture. It's the development that matters. That is what I think yeah. he was doing. And mission accomplished on the first half of that. All he needs to do is beat A&M in Texas now. He's going to be a double-digit favorite probably over both of those teams. Mission accomplished. He, if that's what he really wanted to do, buddy, 
he accomplished it today with maybe even more success than he thought he was going to have with the way that Jimbo Fisher responded. I have, uh, man, I've never heard, forget college football. I don't think in any sport I've ever heard one coach say those kind of things to another coach. There's been one coach mad at the other coach and say some things in the media, but to get to that personal of a level, what Jimbo Fisher said today, never heard anything like it. Pretty wild. It's going to go down, Teddy, as one of the most memorable press conferences of the past, I don't know, 15, 20 years? Yeah. And uh, whether, whether it's good or bad, I guess we don't know yet, but everything on those, that was said in that press conference will be relived the week leading up to October 8th. Yep. Right? Yep. So, um, and probably, and I, I think some people have commented on this, it's it's kind of like the, the Gundy rant that he had that went, you know, viral and everyone knew about that. It's kind of the same thing with Jimbo Fisher. Everyone's like, whoa, oh, okay. Wow. He, he really, uh, he cranked it up a level there and went personal. And I still think it's, it was interesting how Jimbo Fisher tried to portray it as if Nick Saban was making those comments towards the 17-year-old kids. And I, that's what I think is hilarious about it. We had a really good text last hour, and I've been, I've been thinking about it a lot in the shower. I have been. <laughs> I have been. It's a Jerry Jones reference for those of you that didn't catch that. But it, it, it's, a, it's a really good point. That, yeah, I think OU fans definitely need to be, though it's not fun to be Team Saban, you probably should be Team Saban and root for Alabama to absolutely curb stomp A&M and Texas and hope that USC fails, which I don't have to convince you of that, but root for Oregon to not take that next big step. Don't, Don't root for Miami to come back. I think as an OU fan, you've got to root against all these programs that are, you know, doing some big things through NIL. Because the way that I see it, and I guess something could drastically change, but I just don't think OU's ever going to be one of the major players in NIL. And that's fine. That's okay. I actually think I prefer that way. But I don't think it would be a positive for OU if A&M, Texas, Oregon, USC, Miami, those teams got hot and started winning national championships because of NIL. I think if you're OU, you need the exact opposite. I agree. I agree with that. Um, I, at risk of sounding like an old curmudgeon, I just, it's not what I think of when I think college football. It's, it, 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 it changes, it changes just a, the perception of college football for me. Now, maybe that's dramatic. Maybe whenever, um, it all happens, and we're playing football in the fall, and I know that there's been tons of money exchange hands out there for these kids and NIL deals that are not NIL deals. It's just, you know, they're getting paid a ton of money that I won't even think about it. I won't even care, and I'll just watch and enjoy the games like I always have. Maybe that's what's going to happen, but I don't feel like that's what's going to happen. Yeah, it just kind of, I don't know if cheapens the experience is the right way, but no one is picking, not no one, but there's a lot of kids that aren't picking their school anymore based on the school 
or based on the head coach or, you know, based on the things that, you know, make all of us love college football. It's basically the dollar amount as to why a lot of these kids are picking their schools. And that, to me, kind of cheapens the whole experience of college football, and I I, I hate that. I I don't like that at all. Yeah, whether it's ever been true or not about, um, well, it's definitely true in some instances. But, you know, you'd like to believe that it means something to the players out there on the field to represent that school and all the all the people that played there and went there before them. But you're right. The NIL and the transfer portal – it's there there's nothing like that it's it's totally just go to where the best opportunity is for me and you know my son's in little league baseball right now and he's on a team it's a really good group of kids um they're not great they're not terrible it's a it's a regular little league baseball team you know what i'm saying sure and you, you play against these competitive teams, which I have no problem with. But this is where the mindset comes from. It's because you have a travel team to where all they do is, oh, hey, that kid over there is a better shortstop. Let's see if he wants to play with this team. And you go talk to him. Yeah, they're going to play with this travel team. We're going to have him in the next tournament. There's There's... You're, you never learn anything. I, part of being a team is to understand that you have strengths and you have weaknesses, and there's players that need to get better, need to understand that they got to get better. There's players that need to understand that, hey, we got to help these guys improve. I mean, you win and you lose as a team and you get better as a team. You don't just jump and go to the next best opportunity for yourself. And unfortunately, the travel ball, the AAU, all of that stuff has made its way. It, it made its way into professional sports recently in the NBA. Yes, we talked did, about man. it, yes, the it Kevin did. Durant stuff, right? And now it's you thought the one place that it wouldn't go would be college football because of some of the rule structure, but that's not the case. The, the NIL and the transfer portal gave us travel college football, just like you have travel Little League baseball. Yeah, and it's That's unfortunate it because it was kind of the perfect storm to where it hits and it became a thing. All at once. When the, yeah. Yeah, not, not only all at once, but when the NCAA was probably, I don't think probably, was at its weakest, you know? If yeah. this is you know happening when you're playing college football, the NCAA you know, had some power back then. They could have slapped this one down, but... The NCAA had no power. It happened at the worst time. What I'm what I'm curious of is kind of going back to the the previous take that OU needs to root against those those teams going heavy NIL. Like, what's the timeline though? Like, how many years does A and M need to go six and six, or that Texas needs to throw out another five and seven? Like, how many years does that need to happen moving forward to where everyone says? Yeah, well, you can go heavy NIL, but clearly that model doesn't work. Can that happen One. this year? That can yeah. happen this year? Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think that I think teams are still going to do it, but you're going to have a selling point. 
Uh, if A&M goes out there and it's a disaster, or Texas has back-to-back five and seven, six and six seasons, like there's still there's still going to be people that try and do it just because they see it as their only opportunity to get those type of elite players. But you'll have a selling point to at least say that's hey, you can do that, you can go that route, you can take that payout but you're going to be on a bad team. And let me tell you something. Bad teams don't get players drafted to the NFL where the real money is. Yep. Yep. Uh, by the way, Jordan Addison is uh, going to commit to USC. So there's that. No shocker. How do you know? Is it uh, been released via Twitter? Yeah, yeah. multiple people are reporting it now. So, Oh, wait. He just, uh, he just put out a statement. The last few weeks have been very difficult is how he starts it off. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they have. Yeah. Do I go to the beach today? Do I go shopping with Caleb? <sighs> decisions, decisions. I just don't know what to do. I guess I'll just take a trip to Austin and hang out and flirt with them a little bit. Maybe I'll play catch with Bryce Young tomorrow early afternoon. Oh, these have been some difficult weeks. Yeah, super difficult. All right. We'll see what old uh, Jordan Addison releases via statement-wise. No, he did. I, I was I was oh, reading his that, – that was his you, statement. You, yeah. The last few weeks have been difficult, and I was making fun of that. No, they haven't. That's all he said? No, I'm not going to oh, read the okay. whole thing. That's how it starts, and at the end it says, I will continue my full development as a student athlete by enrolling at USC. Oh, uh, okay. Wow. It was about that professional development. Got him. <laughs> yeah. And the shopping. Critical. Let me see if and he says shopping. let me see if he says anything about shopping in here. I'm I'm sure it's in there somewhere. That's funny. All right, let's hit a quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hanging out at Newcastle Casino. I forty four exit one oh seven. I have ten tickets Jeez. to today's OKC Dodgers game. Excellent tickets. They're out there in the left field deck. They come they're a fifty dollar face value per ticket. And they come with food and beverage. So you want a ticket to tonight's game? Come out and see me. Today, two grown men fighting in the SEC. Go figure. This is the offseason of college football. You know, the bigger story that we haven't hit, though, did you notice the way that Saban tried to say A&M? Did you catch that by chance? No. Um, he says it a couple times. Listen closely. <laughs> How does he pronounce A&M? that? A&M? Yeah. A&M? That is interesting. <laughs> It's A&M. like he doesn't know how to say it for some reason, so he just says it really fast, so no one maybe notices that I mispronounce it. Wow. Yeah. That um, may be the most disrespectful thing out of anything that he said. I'm just I'm just curious to see how the thing plays out. I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, A&M's got great talent, but they've They've had good talent. I mean, talent is is not what's been holding them back. A uh, quarterback has you know has held them back quite a bit, but you know what I'm saying. It, it feels like there's there's plenty of other issues going on there other than just not having the right players. Yeah. 
Yeah, other big story of the day, Jordan Addison picked USC. I, I know, I know you're not shocked either. You shouldn't be, but he's going to play for uh, Lincoln Riley at Southern Cal. Uh, we got a lot to get to on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. 918, never thought I would be a Bama fan, but I am very anxious to see A&M get donkey drug all over Tuscaloosa. Yeah. Yeah, they, they're going to be going into a hornet's nest after uh, after Jimbo said the things he did about the football czar, you know, he didn't fire back and say we didn't do anything bad and he shouldn't be calling us out for that whenever he doesn't know. He said he's despicable and he's a terrible person. <laughs> bold cotton. Let's see how Woo. it works out. I don't think it's going to work out well. I, I love that A&M fans, though, are taking this opportunity to be like, wow, well, the A&M-Alabama rivalry just got kicked up a notch. Excuse me, what? The yeah. A&M-Alabama what? Is rivalry the word that you chose there? Um, guys, hate to break it to you, but A&M Alabama is not a rivalry. Hate to break it to you. Bama does not That's... view you as a legitimate rival. That is so and, funny. Hey, and A&M, if Bama was a rival, judging by your track record the past 10 years, you try to ju- uh, dodge them and not play them every single season. Isn't that how you handle rivalries? Yeah. That's that's exactly how they'd like to handle this rivalry, I'm sure, too, oh my not gosh. have to play him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's that's... see. Text line, look into Saban's past, and you will see who? Jimbo. He doesn't sound super smart, bro. SMH. Right. Um, I, that's, that is interesting. You know, he won a national championship as – his offensive coordinator uh, at LSU. So I think he's talking about he knows, right? He knows where the bodies are buried. And I don't know. Maybe it's a good thing he didn't say. I I don't know. He sounds mad, and it's maybe one of the reasons why uh, Saban backpedaled a bit today, you know? Yeah. Maybe so. Uh, in true little brother fashion, they are trying to dunk on them for winning the first game against them in like 10 years. Ha ha. I know, man. God, A&M, they're just – I think people – I think that they've reached a new level of annoying since going to the SEC. Um, and I feel like most people around here know it, but it might be a shock to some just how much more annoying A&M has gotten since they rolled into the SEC. If OU's in a pod with them or – Whenever they play them, um, it's it's going to hit some people in the face just how annoying A and M fans are. Right, the SEC is gone to their head. Well, you know what I always tell you, right? Oklahoma is the center of the sports world. So, could I interest you in this uh, this exchange getting more heated and Jimbo Fisher? Um, talking about spying on Oklahoma in the 2003 National Championship game? Yes, please. Yes. I mean, that's been out there for quite some time. Would you put it past Saban? I wouldn't one bit. I'm sure that was happening. Well, well, yes. But, you know, I – frankly, I don't care if they were. 
I, I don't think it has anything to do with the outcome of the football game, personally, but I would like the fireworks. I would I would like that to happen, you know. If he knows he knows where the bodies are buried, that's what I said, and I always tell you, Oklahoma's in the middle of every controversy. Yeah. Some way or another, we'll find our way in. So the SEC has issued a statement, and it's just, well, the SEC, we established expectations for conduct and sportsmanship. That was not met. You know, a whole paragraph of that, basically. So both Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher have been publicly reprimanded, which means absolutely nothing, but okay, the SEC has reprimanded both. Hang on a second. Who's been reprimanded? Saban and Jimbo Fisher. Oh, that's about like what, um, when was the last time there was a reprimand in the Big 12? You remember that? Was it for OU complaining about 11 a.m. kickoffs, was it? <laughs> did that Did that happen? I can't remember what it was, but. Oh, it was, uh, no. God, it was for something silly. Really silly. It was. it was just like a public reprimand and that was it. Okay, thanks, Bob Bowlesby. And for some reason, I want to think it was OU related. It was. I feel like it was, definitely. I can't remember what it was. Maybe someone on the text line can remember and and uh, and let us know. Yeah, hey, that's that's where I'd like to see this uh, controversy turn next is uh, Jimbo Fisher drops spills the beans on spying for the national championship in 2003. That would be awesome. Or they turned on the uh, fans as the pass to uh, to Keywon Jones was in the air and, <laughs> and blew it just out of his grasp in the end zone. Yeah, that's maybe more believable, right? Or they uh, they got the headsets mi- mixed up, and we really did call running plays there at the end of that game. Text line. Somehow. Uh, there's a there's a hammer on Chuck Long there. If no one got that. <laughs> hey, that's not horns true. horns down issue is what the text line says. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Was that the West Virginia? Ah, Gary Jennings. That Gus Johnson call <laughs> we love to play so much. Did they get publicly reprimanded by the Big Twelve for that? Because Will Greer like threw the horns down. I think after they won or something. Yeah, I I think so, but I feel like there was OU was had something to do with it too, right? I you're right. I mean, one way either something that their opponent did or something that they did. I can't. Text line will come through though, as always. I feel like maybe it was was OU doing a horns down in another game or something, or um, an end zone celebration or something. I don't remember. I don't know. We'll uh, we'll find out what yeah. that is. Hey, before we get to uh, things that caught your eye, old uh, Stewie Mandel put out his post spring top twenty five. Which has yeah. he been, has he been on vacation? Spring ball was over like a month ago, wasn't it? Am I missing yeah, something? He's probably he's been busy. I don't blame him. Take, uh, take a little bit of a break. OU comes in at number twenty six in his post spring top twenty five. So. Shut up. I'm serious. Out there, oh, the University of Oklahoma football team is outside of the top 25. Yeah, remember he did that ranking a few months ago when OU was outside the top 25, and we're like, really, dude? Like, come on, Stuart. I have a better ranking than that, and then he still has him at 26. 
Shut up. Serious. What what an idiot. He has A&M at number six, by the way. LOL. Wow. That is – that's amazing. Whatever. It's dumb, but – 26. That's he, so does, he doesn't – there's no way he even believes that. No, of course not. He's just – he's looking for clicks and attention on that deal, which I think is cheap journalism, to be completely honest with you. I think that's crappy journalism. To not give your honest opinion just so people say that, oh, wow, OU's not in the twenty uh, top 25, but here we are. Right. That's that's amazing. Wow. Keep okay. rece- just keep receipts on it. That's fine. I am. Keep receipts. I'm looking for it right now, so I can, I'm going to take a picture of it. Um, and, yeah, keeping the receipts. What, do you think I could get good odds on OU? OU's at 26, A&M is at 6, 20 spots higher. That's very significant. I wonder what kind of odds I could get for OU finishing higher than A&M in the rankings this year. Because, like, that, the thought of that not happening has not really crossed my mind. Like, I'm well, almost positive that's going to happen. I, um, I, I don't know. Stuart Mandel would pick OU to beat 90% of the teams that he has in his top 25. Yeah. I mean, if he had to give an honest take on it, yes, he would. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If he gave a uh, an honest take, that's exactly what he would do. He would have OU beating uh, 90% of his top 25. Maybe more than that, actually. So, wow. Okay. Uh, that goes into the uh, receipts category. And um, we're going to look like we're walking out of Walgreens here with all these receipts from this offseason, though. <laughs> I mean, the, seriously. The six-foot-long receipt. Yeah, dang. We're not going to be able to keep up with all of it. Wow. Amazing. All right. Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit some things that caught my eye next. Stay tuned. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We call this segment What Caught Teddy's Eye. Let's get to it. Store number one is. First of all, quick shout out to our friends over at Roof Tech. Josh Tucker runs the show over there, former teammate of mine. And uh, if you need any roof repairs at all, just a quick fix, fix a leak, um, or a total roof replacement, the guys at Roof Tech can definitely take care of you. I saw this. World's highest paid athletes in 2022 per Forbes. Any guess who number one is? Some soccer player somewhere. Yes, Lionel Messi, $130 million. God, Le- yeah. Jeez. LeBron James, number two at $121 million. Man. Boy. That is, they did not get very much bang for their buck on that $121 million, now did they? $121 million to get uh, knocked out of the playoffs at the, I mean, not even be a playoff contender and get a mid-level round draft pick. Perfect. That's right. A couple more soccer players on there. Number five, Steph Curry, $92.8 million. Golden State still in it. They got a shot. Yeah, they do. Uh, Number six. I thought this was interesting. Kevin Durant, $92 million. Another 
playoff exit. Not very much bang for your buck there. And then uh, Roger Federer's on there. Uh, Tom Brady was number nine, uh, the only football player on this top ten list. $83.9 million, and this is on and off the field money. So good value for Tom, Tom Brady. Brady. Yeah, I mean, at least he won a player. He was in the playoff second round, and he got a head coach fired along with it. So good, for, good for Tom. Isn't that crazy though that football? And I know there's the bigger rosters and everything, but football um, only one guy on there, Tom Brady, in the top ten. You would think with the amount of people that are watching college football that or. NFL football that there'd be more guys make that list. It's pretty yeah. wild that they don't. Yeah, it is. All right, that's all I had. Uh, you only got one for us today. All right, okay, I've got a – Well, I had another one that I did – Javante Barnes made the, the freshman name Yeah, I was just about to bring that and, okay. up. Yeah, it was like uh, 100 freshmen who matter in college football. Javante Barnes was listed on here along with Jaron Kanick. Those were the two uh-huh. OU players. Um, we can hit that, but of course, you had multiple Texas guys. Jalen Gilbo, a cornerback. Kelvin Banks, an offensive tackle. Devin Campbell, an offensive lineman. Cole Hudson, an offensive guard. Uh, Texas had four freshmen that matter going into this year. Maybe that's the case when you're five and seven last year. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I think there's a chance Canick and Barnes could matter i think barnes has probably a better chance just because of the nature of his position but i do think they're both going to turn into really good players for us and the less guys that you have that are going to matter on your team that are freshmen typically the better talon shetron was the lone oklahoma state signee on here basically saying you know since tay martin has moved on to the nfl there's some room at wide receiver at osu and Talon Shetron was, what, a, a four-star coming out of Edmond Santa Fe? Maybe he's got a chance as a true freshman. Former OU commit. He was commit. a decommit. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he has a – I would project him to have a very nice career at Oklahoma State. He's a good player. Yeah. Yep. Well, uh, Oklahoma State, by the way, did make uh, Stuart Mandel's top 25 oh, list. As did, as did uh, USC. I think they were in the top 15, so – Great list yeah, there by Stewart. I think USC was like number – yeah, they were number 13, Jeez. previously number 20. There is a new analyst at South Carolina, and it just so happens to be a guy that coached Baker Mayfield. How about this name? Freddie Kitchens, former yeah. head coach at the Cleveland Browns, is an analyst at South Carolina with Austin Stogner, with Spencer Rattler, and with Shane Beamer. That's a nice little. Uh, that's a nice little get for an off the field analyst role. I saw Beamer post something, and I thought it did it say "Welcome back." Did he coach there previously? Maybe I. I, I have no idea on that. Yeah. All right. Well, it's still yeah. a good get, regardless. Uh, Mo Gibson has announced his intentions or where he's going to play next year. Mo Gibson leaving Oklahoma. He's going to DePaul, dude, up in Chicago. Really? Yeah. Huh. DePaul, okay. I, I looked earlier today. I think they finished a game under 500 last year. So he's going from, you know, a team that was fighting for an NCAA tournament berth to 
DePaul. I'm guessing that's whatever position he thinks that he needs to play this year. DePaul was, you know, probably pretty much guaranteed him a, st- a starting spot there would be my, my guess on that situation. That seems strange, doesn't it? Uh, very strange. Yeah, like, yeah, you want to leave and – like, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's going to be the number one guy at DePaul. So maybe this is a situation where he was looking for. Yeah. He'll be the ball handler. He'll be the scorer. He'll have a chance to, you know, showcase everything for the NBA next year. But, I, yeah, I don't think they'll be as good of a, a basketball team. Huh. Well, I wish him the best. I wish him the best. Uh, who's the coach there? At DePaul? DePaul. Don't know. Don't know who's the coach at DePaul. But DePaul was once something in the yeah, world of college were. basketball, and that's uh, not really uh, the case anymore. LV okay. Bunkley Shelton, transfer from Arizona State, has committed to OU. He committed to OU last night. And it sounds like just all of a sudden yesterday, maybe they reached back out with some real interest and they cleared a spot for him. But he was a dude last year that made some plays in, in Tempe. 33 catches, 418 yards, two touchdowns. Um, might LV Bunkley Shelton help out this wide receiver room this year with three years of eligibility? Yeah. Well, I yes, that that room has some really good players in it. Now, I, I can't tell you who's going to emerge. I mean, a lot of it is just going to be who who does Dylan Gabriel, you know, what player does he really mesh well with and have great chemistry with? Um, I, I don't know who that's going to be, but. I know they've upgraded the talent in, in there, and I I don't know honestly who who do you think is is the name maybe of the new guys, freshmen included, that's going to have the biggest season. The easy answer there is Jaden Gibson, but we didn't get to see Nick Anderson, and I heard Nick Anderson when he was healthy out there was was a pretty good player. So, I, I mean, I probably would say Jaden Gibson, but I, I just don't, don't forget about Nick Anderson's name. Yeah, I, I think yeah, when, that's true. When, it sounds like when he's out there, he's, and he's another big body like they like at wide receiver. I heard great things about him until he got hurt in spring. Yeah. Like he was doing really well. Um, I, oh, uh, last thing. I did see this. I wanted to bring it up. The Carrier Dome, Tyler. Oh, yeah. No more. What? It's, they've. They've changed the name. They've got a new deal. Oh, okay. It is the JMA Wireless oh, Indoor God, Stadium. That's that sucks so bad. Oh, the Carrier oh. Dome. I mean, you just instantly think of Syracuse playing basketball and football in that same venue. You, it's instant. It's really one of, outside of Jim Beheim's name. It's really one of the only instantly recognizable things about Syracuse. And now that they're taking that away, that's a, that's a shame. How about this? And I didn't know this. So it's been the Carrier Dome since it opened in 1980. But the Carrier inked a deal in 1979. This is before naming rights were even like a, a big deal. They inked it for $2.7 million, uh, $2.75 million deal with the university for naming rights forever. So... Wow. They had a great, they had a great deal going for a long time, Jeez. and uh, 
finally Syracuse is able to cash in on a little huh. bit better, Would, more lucrative uh, deal. And, and we've said before that Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium is a is a mouthful. But how mad would fans be around here if OU, OU sold its stadium naming rights to a, to a company? Especially one yeah. that wasn't local, that it was national. JMA Wireless uh, Stadium? <laughs> I don't think yeah. that that would go over too well. Hey, I've got one more, and it's just the tweet of the day is, is what it is. Uh, this random guy says, Jimbo is heated. A&M is going to be on a mission this year. I would hate to be their opponent at the Duke's Mayo Bowl uh, this season. <laughs> that's great they may not play in it though didn't he back out of their out. Bowl game last yeah, year oh yeah they didn't want to play wake forest they wake forest they to play Rutgers instead all right you out of here dude or you got one more segment no, i got one more segment with you okay um we'll do that next then quick timeout more from the rush coming up we'll wrap up hour number two next